friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. Today, my guest is Heather Hukari. And Heather, she knows video. She has been a video professional for over 20 years now. And through the years, she's had her hands in all types of videos, ads, documentaries, sports features, marketing, sales, nonprofit work, politicals. I mean, the list goes on and on. And right now she is passionate about teaching video using your phone. And this is one of the things that I love because not all of us have a professional video crew to follow us around. And what Heather is offering is great insight into how you can have great video done with just that little thing in your back pocket. So Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Katie. I'm really excited to talk to you about video. Woohoo. And you know, Heather, you are also <clears throat> in the Denver area. It, I love connecting with other Denver-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that are in the marketing video world, because then I'm killing two birds with one stones with, <laughs> with the guests. So tell us a little bit about your career journey. I mean, you've been in video for 20 years. Tell us where you started out and some of the different professional stops that you've made along the way. Sure. I'd love to. I was a kid that grew up loving video, loved TV. I was a TV kid. Um, I don't remember having limits on TV. I'm talking about, I mean, I have a kid now and I'm like, I don't let him watch that much TV, but I guess my parents did and I, good know, for and, them because I fell in love with it. And Heather, that's the thing too. I, my mom said, Katie, one day when you were little, you watched the wizard of Oz three times. And I was like, you let me watch the wizard of Oz three times in one day. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of TV time. Like looking back now, like as, as a parent, I'm like, I don't know if I would let my kids yeah. have three, three movies. <laughs> I know. Right. But I mean, back then, I don't know. Like, I just remember watching same thing. I would watch, I would watch things over and over and over again. You know, you just like love one certain thing. So I, I loved video. My dad filmed a lot growing up. He had like the old camcorder because I grew up in the eighties, nineties. So I loved watching home video. I just thought it was like really special. I thought it was normal. I thought everyone had home video. And I realized later that not everyone does. So I do, that's my age. I mean, kids now with phones, everyone has some home video, but back then not everyone did. And so I just found it really special and fun. And I knew there was something kind of magic about video, you know, that it could like transport you, take you to a different world or take you back into your own world, you know, different time of your own life and kind of relive those memories. Uh, so I always just loved video. When I was in middle school, high school, I took some kind of multimedia course that taught us how to edit pictures together. Like we had to do a picture video with music. And that was it for me. I just fell in love with the process of making video. And so from that age on, I just knew that was going to be my life, my job, my career, you know, everything. I just, one of those people that just knew and never thought to do anything else. So I went to college, studied broadcasting, multi, uh, mass communications, that kind of thing really focused on video. I went to a very small college. We had free reign with cameras, editing software. We had a green screen news studio, which was really amazing because you just got to practice stuff, you know, like writing a new show, running around campus with a camera, you know, you're, I was like that girl, it's like reporting on the scene. And I, I mean, I was like 19 and it was terrible, um, but I learned so much uh, during that time. And then, so when I graduated, my first couple of jobs were at advertising agencies, editing, I really um, clung to editing. I loved it, had a particular like talent for it. 
So I did a lot of advertising work, a lot of um, commercials. So I learned, I got really good at that 30 second format. I sort of like lived in that space for a long time. Something else about short form video is really becoming popular right now. Crazy. Right. It kind of always has been in the form of advertising, (laughs) but now it's like, yeah, now people won't give you more than 30 seconds almost for anything. Um, Anyway, but after the, I got a little bit tired of working full time, my early twenties, I was kind of like, I want to travel. I'm going to get out of here and and sort of quit my job Went on like a two month long road trip and just played around rock climbed a bunch and kind of did that adventure thing. Totally missed working during that time though. I was like, I thought I wanted a break from work. I really like what I do though. Like it was a good realization for me. Like my friend I was with, she could have just drank coffee and journaled all day and not cared a bit about not working. And I was like, something is missing from my life. And we weren't shooting video on this trip because it was before phones were this smart and I didn't like bring a camera with me. So I wasn't making any video for these few months and realized how much I missed it. And that I, I truly did like love making video. So from then I, I freelanced a bunch after that trip for like years and years and years, which was great. Cause I just did all kinds of projects for all kinds of people, different companies, learned a lot about different formats, not just short form anymore. I did a lot of long format videos, some documentaries, which is just great fun to do storytelling and cut people's interviews. Yeah, it was great. And then in like 2014, I landed another full-time job at Chipotle, uh, Mexican Grill. You either love or hate Chipotle, but more people love it, I think. So <laughs> when I tell people that, they're like, what? You worked at Chipotle? Yep. I sure did. For about five years, I made internal videos, so a lot of training, internal communications, uh, stuff like that. It sort of brought me back to my college years, because we had a green screen studio. We did a weekly news show that went out to stores to like tell them what they needed to know that week about, you know, marketing and sales and stuff and training. Uh, So it was really fun to kind of get back full circle to what I was doing in college, but now on a like really professional level. While I was there, we used really nice equipment. We had really expensive cameras, tripods, lights, mics, all the stuff. And you know, I, one thing I've always disliked about professional video production, love the, the outcome, the final product, but all that equipment is a real bummer to me. Like having to set up equipment, like we would go into restaurants and it, like, just be so disruptive. Like, oh, I need to put a camera here. I need to put a light here and need to mic you. I mean, people are just like, what are you doing? Like we're trying to work and we're like in the way. So I was like, Hey guys, to my fellow peers, like, why don't we shoot some stuff with our phone? You know, this was phones were super smart by then. I had been shooting some video personally on my phone. And I was like, I think we can get away with using our phones for some of this stuff in restaurants. It's less obtrusive. You can just like get right in the line, you know, film somebody putting a burrito together without having to like ruin the restaurant and the feel of it. So I started just doing that and like incorporating that video into the professional stuff. And it totally worked. And I was like, Hmm, there's definitely something here. Like phones are super capable of making plenty good video that completely worked for what we were doing. So I became like a huge phone fanatic. I would, I would try to not use a real camera as much as possible, which is not always possible in the professional world, but often it is. And people were like constantly surprised when I would tell them, oh yeah, I've been shooting on my phone. This is, this is the product we're getting. And people are like, whoa, wow. So I really fell in love with it. I left Chipotle in 2018 and started my own business. I now own and run Video Service Hub, which is a a video production company in Denver. It's mostly me and some contractors, and we do video for 
a lot of different types of businesses and it's been a really fun journey. It's kind of like going back to freelancing, but this time I view it more as a business owner. So like client retention, customer service, a lot of things I learned from making training for Chipotle restaurant employees, I implement into my own business now. And it's helped a lot, you know, because all the things about owning your business, all of those things about customer service and keeping clients happy, going the extra mile, all that stuff is helps you a lot in your business, right? For sure. Next level. Well, and, and Heather, you, you said too, I thought it was funny when you said, well, when I was a kid, you know, I used to play with the video recorder and that is exactly how I used to be with a microphone. I I'm an only child. And when I was a kid, I would go up into my room. My parents got me a microphone and I would record radio shows. So it's interesting how both of us have taken a childhood passion and turned it into our careers. Uh, you know, me with my podcast and the social audio that I do and, and you with your video business. And I think that as much as I love audio and social audio, people do want video. And, you know, what we've seen over the past year of the pandemic, 2020 and 2021, we saw the rise of a video, the rise of short form video. And the biggest thing that it is people want it and people are consuming it and you don't need to be a professional videographer in order to jump on the bandwagon. I think a lot of businesses, especially like on Instagram or, or on Facebook, they have the fancy webcam and the nice backdrop. And while it is great, it is a great additional tool to have in your marketing arsenal, the, the professionally done videos, there is something to be said about just taking out your phone and going live or doing short form video and and that's one of the things that you have really embraced over this past year. I mean, we have a background in it with the, with the commercials, but I mean, this is one of the things that you really embraced over this past year with teaching people how their phone as a camcorder can be incredibly valuable. So you have your, your online course, phone video one-on-one, -on -one, how to shoot and edit video on your phone. I know that it's, do people kind of give you that, uh, I don't know, the pushback and say, eh it just doesn't look as good as it does if I use a camcorder. What would you say to somebody if they're like, eh, is, is my phone video really going to you know, do as good of a job as a professional video camera? Yeah, for sure. Well, just to clarify, nobody uses camcorders anymore. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like a DSLR mirrorless camera. It's <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, just so you know, I know you're kind of, we talked about camcorders. A lot of people also uh, will say, instead of filming on your phone, they say, I'm going to videotape. It's not There's called no videotape tape anymore. There's, There's no, no tape. tape in here. People. Um, anyway. It is you know, a side note. It is hilarious because I have I have two daughters and my younger daughter, she says, it's amazing because she's never used like a real like pickup phone. And it, she'll say, she will, she understands hang up. She understands like click. She understands. And I'm like, how does she know click? Because nothing that I'm doing when I make a phone call makes a clicking sound or even says click it. So anyways, yes. <laughs> it must be some old TV show. She's on <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So there is a slight, a slight difference between something shot on your phone and a professionally shot video shot on a DSLR camera. But I would say for the most part, what most people are needing video for what you can get on your phone is more than adequate. The cameras are really good. They keep getting better. You can shoot in 4k. Like you just put change a setting on your phone 
And that gives you even better quality. I mean, it's sort of amazing to think about this tiny device in your pocket has the power to be like, not just a camera, but a really, really good camera with a lot of capability. So they shoot, really, they shoot great video. A lot of people can't tell the difference. If you are shooting stuff just to throw on social media, like your daily videos, reels, stories on Instagram, if you're on TikTok, maybe you do Facebook videos, lives, LinkedIn, whatever the case, anything people are just watching on the internet or on their phone, your phone is going to be completely great for shooting that type of video. If you are making something that might wind up on TV, like let's say you're making an ad and it's possible you're going to buy, do a big media buy and put it on air, then you might want to think about getting a professional camera in there to shoot that. But for the most part, most small business owners, people, you know, your target audience, people that listen to this podcast, the main thing you're going to make video for is your marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Things are going to end up on social media, or maybe you, you use video for client training or retention. Like you send videos through email, something is on YouTube, your phone is completely adequate for that kind of stuff. And the things that I teach in my course, like lighting, sound, stability, these are all things using your phone that you, when you add those type of things, it makes it look even better and more professional. So it's not necessarily always just you holding your phone in any environment, you know, and expecting that to look good, but it's like, Hey, how can we light your face? What kind of mic can you get or what kind of environment can you get to so that you sound really good? You know, what type of stability device can you have? Even if it's a binder clip that will hold your phone stable so that, that people don't feel like they're watching the Blair Witch Project. You know, there's <laughs> things you can do that make it look like you're not using a phone and people won't be any, you know, they're just not going to know or really think about it unless it looks really bad. <laughs> but if it looks good and it's shot on your phone, they're just going to be like, hey, that was a great video. Yeah. And that's that. Well, so like you said, mo- the majority of the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, realtors. So what type of video should small businesses be utilizing in your opinion for their, for their marketing efforts? I think for sure every business or person needs a core video. I like to call it core. And that's sort of just like an about me and my product video. This is, can be 30 seconds, maybe a minute even, but this is you saying, Hey, my name's Heather. I own phone video one-on-one. I teach people how to shoot and shoot and edit video on their phone you know, and here's et cetera. Here's my offer. Here's a little bit about me. Thanks for stopping by kind of a thing. Just give people your elevator pitch. This could be a video that lives on your website. So people you're generating traffic to your website through Google, they land on your homepage. Having a video on your homepage can increase conversion by up to 80% just by having a video. It doesn't, that's not even saying if it's a good video or not, but just having a video. I like to think having a good video would make it even higher but people want to see you, you know, they want, they want to, they're checking out a business and it's like, particularly a service-based business. They'd like to see the person they might be working with. Right. So that's a really good way to just give them a hint of who you are without them having to like book a call on your calendar and, and do a 30 minute zoom with you to get to know you. Like some people just want a little taste and to know what you're offering and kind of what, who you are, what you're about. So that's a great, I think everyone should have a core video and you should spend a little bit of time making this a good video, make it look good, sound good, nail your content. Um, this is not like just a quick story video. It's a little bit more well thought out, well produced. Could include B-roll, you showing some of your products, that kind of thing. And then on top of that, I think 
I think nowadays pretty much everyone has to use social media in some form. I love Instagram. Uh, I know I you do too. know what I do. I, I mean, I thank you for that softball of like, everyone needs to be on social media, but yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, I guess it's not, if you're doing well without like good for you. I, I mean, but I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, you understand the importance of social media and showing up for people. So I think people can definitely should be using stories, should be using reels and also just doing lives, getting on, getting your face in front of other people, right? Mm -hmm. That helps you. It almost like clones you and expands your reach. You know, you record something, you post it. You don't know when people are going to see that they could see it a month from now, you know, and, and you made it a month ago. So it's not, it's like, it's replicating your efforts over and over again by showing up on video. So I think core video, social media video, and then anything you want to do extra. Some people don't have a lot of time or energy. Some people want to just go hardcore with video. If that's you, maybe starting a YouTube channel where you're talking about your service, your product tips, showing people what you can show them that's a great way to get in front of people too, and give them a lot of value through video. You know, and Heather, I think that this is one of the, the biggest hurdles that I, yours truly, I have. I mean, there's a reason that I went into radio. There's a reason why I have a podcast and so, you know, I'm, this is now on YouTube, but I mean, I don't feel comfortable on video. And I think that I'm not alone. I think a lot of people <laughs> are out there as business owners, like, Oh God, you know, like, I don't have the time for video. I don't want, like, what am I going to say? I'm awkward. What would you say to somebody if they're like, really, is there a way that I can do video without having to actually be on video? Uh, I mean, there is, let's say that you have a product, you can just do videos of your product and maybe, maybe start with a voiceover over that video so that you're getting on camera via voice, which is a little bit less scary than putting your face on video that might work well for you. That's at least a stepping stone to starting video. And I go over in my course, kind of how to utilize products in video too. But I would say it's it's important enough to build the skill. And it's definitely something that people can build and get comfortable with. It takes some practice and time to feel comfortable on video. I mean, I'm sure when you, first time you went on video versus now, you're probably a lot more comfortable just because you've done it a lot. You know, I mean, you still might get nervous or a little scared about it, but it's probably a lot better. And that's tends to be what happens with getting on video. It really is like any skill. You just do it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And eventually you're like, oh, cool. I just did that. And it was no big deal. I think something like Instagram stories is a great place to start because A, if anywhere quality can be low, it's on stories. I mean, they're kind of meant to just be a a snapshot of your day or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, I'm in the car. I'm just going to talk to you or I'm cooking and I'm just going to tell you something. So they're just meant to be really casual and like you're in person. So they don't have to be amazing and look great and sound great. I think that, I mean, as a quality video quality nerd, I'm like, I let stories go. I let them slide a little bit. Uh, But I think that's a great place to start because it is so casual. That's the expectation. And they disappear in 24 hours. So if you're like, man, I feel like I bombed. I don't think I performed well. Like, oh, well, it's going to, it's going to disappear. It doesn't live on forever. Yep. Uh, So I think that's a great, great place to start. I I am notorious on, on Instagram stories for having an earbud pop out mid story. Mm. And it's just, it's just one of the things now, while I will be doing a story and talking to the camera an earbud will pop out. So I think that uh, it's, it's just to be expected and it's fine. 
I think that people expect it to just kind of be off the cuff. And that, like you said, Heather, that's my favorite spot to tell people when we're just starting to work together. Like, I know it's not comfortable. Stories is a great place to start. One, it's gone in 24 hours. Two, it's not, doesn't need to be high quality. And three, the only people really that are seeing it are your current followers. They've already decided to invest in you. They've decided to learn more about you. And it's not like a reel where you are showing up to a whole span of, of new people potentially. So love that you suggested starting your yeah. stories. Yeah. The other thing about people being scared on camera, I mean, there's definitely things you can do, which I kind of go over in my course, like how to build your confidence and what to wear, what not to wear, just so you feel comfortable with your appearance, how to practice ahead of time, stuff like that. But one thing a lot of people don't realize or might kind of be stuck with is that they think to be on video, you still need to be perfect and look perfect and sound perfect. And that is not where we are anymore, especially Mm -hmm. in social media. I think the pandemic was good in that way because so many people got comfortable with Zooms, working from home, jumping on video, Google Hangouts with their coworkers, whatever the case. And so people are super used to just seeing people looking normal and like themselves. And that has continued. And now I think authenticity is much greater appreciated than perfection. People just want to see other real people. They don't want to see you airbrushed and looking like this perfect person and having to sound absolutely perfect. They just want to see you. They want you to be authentic. So I think if you can somehow, even if you're scared, just think I'm a person, I'm me, I'm the subject matter expert at whatever I'm about to talk about, kind of build your confidence as much as possible. And then just think this is what people want. They want to see me. They want to hear me. They don't want to see some airbrush perfect version of me that might help people get past that mindset of having to be perfect before they can make a video, having to lose a certain amount of weight before they can be on video. That's not the case. Like jump on video, just do it. And people are going to really appreciate that. Well, and Heather, I think that too, one of the things that I've noticed since I've started doing more video is like you said, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be. And the more you'll kind of stop caring like, meh, oh, well, because it, we, we are all human. None of us are perfect. And I have noticed a huge trend on, we're just going to stay on Instagram here, but on Instagram of, of less filters being used, the majority mm-hmm. of the filters are like transition filters, or how is mm-hmm. this filter kind of like, like I have a, a reel where my face falls apart. And <laughs> I mean, like it's those type of filters. Now it's not the adding the eyelashes and airbrushing and all that stuff I feel is really going away. People you said, want to see other people flaws and all. And you know what, if they don't like your flaws, then you're, they're not your people. And they most likely will unfollow you. There's, you know, which mm-hmm. is fine that, I mean, yeah. you only want to be talking to your ideal client customers, your community anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, absolutely. I hate filters. <laughs> I just hate them. I like, I've used a couple and then I'm like, why did I do that? I look so weird. Um, plus I hate in reels. It like says what filter you're using yes. and it's just more, more takes up more text the on the screen. Yes. So it's like, we'll cover people's text that they're actually writing if they put a filter and they don't think about that. So yep. like, I just think they're truly, I f- figured that out the hard way. And I was like, oh, well now you can't see darn. Yeah. So yeah, totally. no, no yes. to self guys. Don't <laughs> skip the, skip the filters if possible on, on Instagram. No. So I want to talk to you also about editing these videos, mm. because I think that is intimidating for okay, you've convinced me, Heather, I'm going to go ahead and start shooting more video using this phone in my back pocket. How the heck do I edit this? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool time that we live in. Not to sound like super old timey, but it really it's like a very modern age that we live in where this technology we have is amazing. So, I mean, when I started editing, it was on like A, B roll where you had like a machine and you had to push buttons to get different cuts. I mean, it was very, this is how it was for like years and years. Well, I think before that they cut film, they did. Anyway, it, it quickly evolved to being on, on a computer, a non-linear editing system. So that's what I mostly learned on and, and still edit on, you know, for professional work. I use Adobe Premiere, but now there's amazing apps that do, that edit. There's amazing editing apps on your phone. There's a lot of different ones you can choose from. The one I teach is called Kinemaster. It's a weird, it's a weird word, but it's K-I-N-E master, but it's constantly surprises me at how good it is, how close it is to professional editing that I do on my phone with my finger. Like it absolutely blows my mind. And the cool thing about these apps is that the learning curve is pretty low because most people use apps, have used all types of different apps, right? So you sort of understand how to do things with your finger on your phone. And the apps just are designed in a way that you just kind of get in there, practice and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of understand this. Sure. And then if you do some training, then you absolutely can like master the app and not just cut, not just edit something like trim the beginning and end, uh, which is, I mean, you should do, but you could add B-roll and by B-roll, I mean, secondary footage. So it could be you talking about a product. And then on top of you talking, we see your product like as a different clip. So these are all things you can easily do. You can add text, you can add music, you can do a lot of fast cuts, which are really popular mm-hmm. now with reels, yep. which are really fun to do. That's all stuff you can do on your phone in this app. It's not as difficult as people think. I think people hear editing, video editing. Oh, that sounds hard. I got to, I got to outsource that. I need a professional. Mm-hmm. Certainly you can do that. Sure. You can absolutely outsource something to a video professional. You can also just do it yourself. If you've learned how to do it. You practice again, practice is super important here as well, because it's a new skill you're learning. You might be really amazed at the fact that you can make your own video and make it look really good and slice together several different clips. You know, it's, it's really fun. It sort of reminds me of back my, you know, my early years in middle school, the first video I made, you know, was just like an amazing feeling. And now when I teach people and they have that same feeling where they're like, Oh my God, I made this. And I put text on it and Oh my God, I cut to the music and it's like such a fun feeling to have conquered, learned a new skill and start feeling comfortable in it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. And I think that is one of the, the biggest struggles is, is just getting used to these new apps. But once you've, it's just like any learning curve, once you learn how to use it, it's really not that hard. And it makes a difference when people will be scrolling through their feed. If you can have that transition in there, or if you have something that catches their eye, I think it's only, you have two seconds now to try and catch someone's attention and which is ridiculous to me, but I mean, that's all you have. And what can you do to stand out from the crowd? And video is absolutely one of the ways. And I think that if you are not incorporating video into your 2022 marketing strategies, you will be left behind. Other people in your industry, other people that are doing what you do are going to skip ahead because video is favored on just about all the social media apps nowadays. And like you said too, on your website, 80% conversion rate, that's insane. So you have to start embracing video. You have to start showing up with you, your business, your products, 
showing up on video and, and you can do it with that little, that little thing that's sticking in your back pocket. So I can't thank you enough, Heather, for coming on the show today. Our time has gone by so fast. Yeah. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think is important to share? Yeah, I do think we didn't really talk about reels, but us both being Instagram people <laughs> and reels being video, I think it's important to mention these are micro short format videos. So you're right about the two to three seconds of grabbing someone's attention right away. But uh, reels are also, I think, a good way to get into video. I think a lot of people are in the mindset like, oh, I can't do reels. I don't, I don't really do video. I definitely can't do reels. But they're actually a really easy way to get into video, putting yourself on video because they're short, because you can just copy somebody else's because it's all a trend. And the point is kind of to copy, uh, but sort of make it your own. So it's like, you don't have to have these like brilliant creative ideas or anything. You can just be like, oh, I like that reel. It was kind of funny. I think I could use that in my niche and, yep. you know, I'll just try it. And you don't have to talk either. A lot of them you can just do with the audio. You're pointing to the screen or, you know, whatever the case, you're just standing there, maybe dancing a little bit, maybe not if you don't want to dance, but they're actually sort of an easy win because they're easy to make. You can make them right in the app. You don't have to, if you want to get fancier, you can make them in an outside app, which I do a lot of the time and then upload it, you know, and then, and then add the text in reels because reels does like having, you know, a native look. Right. So, but yeah, I think they're also along with stories, one of the easier wins for getting you feeling comfortable on video, even though a lot of people don't think that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then you absolutely can get new followers that way because that's what reels does. It's to expand your reach and to get you in front of new people. Uh, So I think, I think they're super useful. They're fun. You can kind of, if you are sort of a silly person or maybe you're not, but you used to be, because I feel like this has happened to me. I used to love making video for fun and I would just be a total goofball on camera. And I thought it was super, super fun. And then I sort of lost that through the years of like becoming an adult and getting cool and I don't know, and whatever. (laughs) Um, But since I started doing reels, it's like this goofy, silly side has come back to me and I'm like, oh, this is really freaking fun. Yes. And I'm super glad I'm doing it. It's not like me being serious and talking about something. It's me being completely ridiculous, like on a weekly basis. And I think they're super, super fun. So I would encourage anyone to just try out a reel, you know, yeah. if you hate it, you can delete it, but hopefully you won't and you'll leave it up and you'll keep doing more. And that'll be a great introduction into doing a little bit more long format uh, yeah. videos. Well, and I think too, Heather, like you said, it's a great way to just showcase a little bit of your personality and have fun on video. Like I found, you know, I love doing a lot of the office quotes of like Michael Scott and Anchorman stuff. And so, I mean, like, cause those are, those are shows. That's part of my personality. Those are jokes that I make with my husband. You know, we will do a quote, an entire Anchorman scene together. And it's a way for me to kind of bring in a little bit of my personality, still, you know, bring people back to what I do, how I can help them. I think that reels they're, they're not going anywhere. And Mm -hmm. as, as Instagram said last year, it's not just a photo sharing app anymore. So embracing video, embracing reels, showing your face. It's the way that we're moving in this online world. So Heather, thank you again so much. This has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online? Sure. Well, definitely follow me on Instagram at phone video 101. I do post a lot of reels. A lot of them are tips um, about phone video. And then some of them are just goofy ridiculousness, which is all just super fun. Uh, So phone video 101. 
You can also, if you're interested in the course I have, which is basically a course that teaches you A to Z, kind of everything you need to know to shoot and edit video on your phone, uh, check that out at phonevideo101.com. And that's sort of the, the top of the funnel from there. You know, you'll learn more about it, watch some videos and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. But again, it covers everything, including recently I added a whole module just about Instagram video, the four different ways to use it. You know, there's stories, reels, IG video and lives, and it goes over where and why you'd use each one and then how to make each one. So I think that's a super valuable ad that I'm really excited about. And if anyone is interested in the course, you can DM me on, on Instagram. If you want more information or to have a conversation about it, I'd love to talk to you about specifics of what you are, you're looking for and how I can help you out. If you want to go and purchase the course, the price is sort of ever changing because <laughs> I'm working <laughs> with a marketing team and, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, we're going to go up. We're going to go up next month. And anyway, uh, but your listeners could always get 25% off whatever the price is by using next step social as the code. Awesome. So yeah, be sh- if you guys are interested in learning how to utilize your phone to get those high quality videos using your, just your phone, no, no camera crew, no <laughs> DSLR, not a camcorder, if you no want to use a camcorder, you can, I guess, but you know, then you'd be <laughs> taking a couple decades, uh, step in reverse. Um, but thank you again, Heather, and be sure to use that code next step social. So you get 25% off of her course. Heather, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Katie. It was great. I am so glad that Heather joined me on the show today because video, man, it, if, if I feel like I've been saying this now for two years, if you are not doing video, if you are not showing up on video, you're going to get left behind. And it can seem hard if you're feel uncomfortable on camera. Hey, I do. I get it. I know how uncomfortable it can feel to, to show up in front of the lens instead of behind it. But the more you show up, the more people are going to know, like, and trust you. And then they are going to decide to buy from you because they feel like they're doing business with a friend. I can't stress enough. If you're not doing video, it is time to start. And as Heather alluded to, you can do it with that phone that's, that's in your back pocket or sitting in your purse. You can pick up your phone and still create amazing quality content, amazing quality video. And if you don't want to be in front of it, there's different ways that you can show your products. There's different ways that you can use transitions. There's a number of tools and apps out of the, out there that you can use to help grow your video presence. And really the most important thing is just getting started. The first few are going to feel weird and awkward. Trust me. I know majority of us, if you're over the age of 30, we did not grow up with a phone in our face, recording every single thing that we're doing and the food that we're eating. We didn't grow up that way, but that is the way that life is today. And it's time to start. It's time to start showing up. It's time to start speaking to your audience and it's time to grow the community around your business and your brand. And you can do this by showing up on video. Start with stories, 15 seconds, and guess what? They're gone tomorrow, but just get started. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.